The Judo Chop Suey podcast is presented by Health IQ, a life insurance agency that helps health conscious people lower their rates on their life insurance. Are you someone who takes care of their health and fitness and takes special care of themselves through proper nutrition? Do you lift weights or take part of a physical activity like judo? And I'm sure many of you listening do. Then visit www.healthiq.com forward slash judo to learn more about Health IQ's special rates for active people like you and me. 56% of Health IQ customers save between 4 and 33% on their life insurance, and these savings are exclusive to Health IQ customers. So if you want to learn more about how Health IQ can help you save on your life insurance, visit www.healthiq.com forward slash judo to get a free rate quote and to learn more about Health IQ's special rates. Salutations to everybody out there in podcast land. This is Judo Chop Suey Podcast, and I'm your host, as always, Judo Dave Roman. What's going on, everybody? Hope you all doing well. Hope you all have stayed safe over the past two weeks. And I hope that you've guys been improving on your judo. I can say for myself that I've had a pretty good past couple of weeks judo-related. And life related as well, but certainly judo related. I've talked about many times uh, over the past several months of me trying to improve on my Tayatoshi. Um, I'm still trying to improve my Tayatoshi, but I did fix something with the use of my hands that I didn't realize I was doing wrong. And it's what's interesting to me is that even after 12 years, you know, learning, and I've said it. I've said this before. You learn something new about the throw you're practicing, and you learn something new about yourself. And I, I found out that hate to admit it. Sometimes when you practice techniques, I'm not saying you go through the motions, but you go through the motions of what you think is right, and you end up developing habits, even bad habits, and. With my Tayatoshi, I noticed that the use of my hands were not as ideal as I would like them to be. It's hard for me to explain, but there's a hand motion with the Tayatoshi that wasn't living up to my satisfaction. And whether or not it's, well, I shouldn't say whether or not it's correct. I just felt that my sleeve hand action was not efficient. It was not moving in the direction in the way that I want it to move because I want my Tayatoshi to look a certain way. And while I'll never look like Neil Adams doing Tayatoshi, I can pretend to look like Neil Adams doing Tayatoshi. And there's something that Neil does with his sleeve hand that's a little different than what you see other people do. I'm not saying what other people do is more correct. It just creates a different uh, looking throw, in my opinion, and, and it causes the uke to fall in a different way. So it was something that I tweaked. It's something that I have done for a very long time previously, but I went away from this this hand motion in, in the way that I rotate uh, uke's sleeve hands as they go over. And I made a tweak, and I'm happy to report that I actually kind of sort of like the way that I'm doing Tayatoshi now. I'm not saying it's perfect, but it's something that I, I managed to tweak. 
if you guys follow me on Facebook, or, or I'm, I'm sorry, on Instagram, which is at La Vida Judoka, you'll see a, a video that I posted a couple of weeks ago on the last time I was practicing Tayatoshi, and I kind of said, you know, Tayatoshi, you know, meh, whatever, because I was not pleased with the way that it was looking. But since since that post, I made some tweaks, and now I am actually liking a little bit more how I'm doing my Tayatoshi. And I'm not saying it's perfect. I'm sure many of you out there who have a, a, a really good critical eye can take a look at it and say, man, that thing's rubbish. But you know what? I'm, it's baby steps, you know, baby steps to the door, baby steps out the door, baby steps, you know, doing Tayatoshi. So I'm taking little baby steps, making my Tayatoshi more improved. And I'm, I'm very pleased that I'm coming along finally. And I'm back to recording myself doing judo, not because I'm vain and I want to publish everything on, on Instagram or Facebook or whatever the case may be, but there's so many so many little things that I see about how I do certain techniques, little things that I take for granted because sometimes in my mind I'm thinking, well, it felt like it when he went over well on that throw, so I'm just going to keep doing the way that I've been doing things because it works. Well, doesn't necessarily mean it's proper a lot of times. And I saw, I noticed something on my Iponse Anagi uh, on my footwork that I just think is complete rubbish. And even on the instances where Uke goes over and he and he feels really light and and my my timing feels right, my footwork's wrong. And you know, part of that's because of the crash pad. I hate crash pads. I, I really do, but I, I do it for the benefit of other people, not for myself. Um, but I noticed something with my Iponse Anagi that I'm going to look to fix. So it's little things like that, that I'm working on, that I am trying to get better at judo. And I hope you all are enjoying that similar type of success when it comes to practice. Now on this episode, I'm really going to cover just a couple of items. I got a really interesting email uh, talking about you know leg grabs again, but whether or not uh, the traditional strong uh, traditional judo strong countries are driving policy within the IJF, and I want to explore that a little bit. I thought it was an interesting email, and I'm also going to talk about Ronda Rousey's promotion to Rokudan at the International Sports Hall of Fame at uh, in Columbus, Ohio, which is was at the Arnold Expo, which is from what I understand an annual expo. Uh, that takes place where uh, it's for bodybuilding and for other types of, of sports and fitness and that kind of thing. So I guess it's a big deal. I also have a very special guest. Steve Scott joins me later on on the podcast to discuss those events. And as usual, I've got the housekeeping items and the listener reaction and all the usual stuff that I do on this hideous podcast. Now, before I get into anything else, there's the housekeeping items that I want to cover. And for those who may be listening for the first time, the housekeeping items is the part of the podcast where I discuss things that are not specifically related to judo. That could be, you know, things that I've watched in, in on movies. That could be something I saw on TV. That could be something that I experienced over the past couple of weeks since my last episode. Um, there's actually a few things that I want to cover within the past couple of weeks. I took my wife to see Phantom of the Opera at the local theater uh, here in Tampa called the Straz Center. 
And I I gotta say, I love live performances. I love live acting, theater, opera, music, musicals, all that kind of stuff. I don't get to go as often as I would like. Tickets for these type of events tend to be pretty pricey. Uh, and we had good seats for this event, in my opinion, um, down on the lower bowl, maybe a little bit past halfway. And it's really something else to see live performances with people who are immensely talented in the way that they are on uh, the, the way that they were on that stage. It's just it, it can really move your emotions. It, it really just inspires you to be better than than who you are. And it's just, it was just an amazing performance. It's not the first time that I've watched Family of the Opera. It's, I've seen it live previously. I've seen it on television. There's also the movie. But there was something about this rendition of Phantom of the Opera that I found the most entertaining. I, I don't recall there being scenes done in a certain way in previous renditions that I've watched that were humorous. They added a, a little bit of humorous spots here, there, you know, in a couple of places. W- well done. It wasn't a laugh fest, but they were just little wrinkles and little touches that they added to the performance that I thought was just w- was brilliant. I, you know, and it just it was just really nice to see. So the 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 performance lasted about two and a half hours, maybe almost three hours. There was an intermission. The the, the set was phenomenal. And everybody's performance was on point. And like I said, it's just one of those things that just really inspires you and, and, and really can touch you in, in, a, in a different way that only, you know, being around such great performers can do. And I liken it to when you are on the mat with somebody who is just truly exceptional in judo or, or maybe in, in for many of you in Oast Nation – uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, uh, you know, legends. You know, you, you step on the mat with them, you roll with them, you grip up with them. It's just truly a different experience. And you just, it's it's like, it's like being in the presence of a Michelangelo or, or, or some great artist and, and some great performer that you just, you, you're, you're there and you, you feel it and you, and you wonder to yourself, how is it? that there are people out there in judo or Brazilian jiu-jitsu that are just so special. And you just want to have a little bit of that experience and, and just you, you wish that you could just be um, somewhere even close to that. Like I, I see, you know, whenever Neil Adams does his Tayatoshi, it's just when you see that, it's it's, it's like a work of art. Or, or, or when you see... Kashiwazaki do his Tomoinagi. It, it's it's such a work of art, and when you see it, and if you're lucky enough, one of the few out there who have been lucky enough to experience it, you just you, you it, it. There's just a feeling that you can't describe. And I, I've done, you know, Rondori with Olympians in the past. Uh, I've done Rondori with people who are high level players, and you again, it's like. When you grip up with these people and you have the the true joy and pleasure of of just being tossed around with ease by these people, it just it really inspires you to 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 want to train harder, to want to be better, and, and to improve yourself in a way that that maybe prior to that moment you just kind of I'm not suggesting you go through the motions, but you 
you you're doing your best, but you're doing your best because you you want to you want to improve, but not because maybe perhaps you're inspired to be better. And, and it's just those moments for me to to come across such talented individuals in judo are not very common. Uh, but when when I do have those opportunities, it's it's it it feels like a blessing. It it really does to me. And I'm sure you guys uh, out there, whatever whatever sport you're training in, uh, whether it's uh, judo, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, sambo, whatever the case may be, you 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 come across these exceptional people. You 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 feel like you're in the presence of greatness, and and it, it inspires you. And and I felt sitting at the Phantom of the Opera yesterday is just. It's just an inspirational place to be and and very moving. Over that same weekend, I had an opportunity to watch Black Panther. And I got to say, for a origin-type movie, well, it wasn't truly an origin movie. uh, Well, it was of sorts. It's probably one of the best origin superhero movies that I've watched since Iron Man. I, I, I still, in terms of origin movies, I like Iron Man the best. But Black Panther is definitely a, a very close second for me. And I actually thought the story was a lot more uh, significant in terms of really developing history than I've seen in other origin stories. I just I just thought it was fascinating. I, I thought the, the action was just great. And I, I'm I'm really not trying to I, I'm trying to not spoil the movie for anybody because I know it's still relatively new. It's been in the theater for about uh, two weeks, and and if you're not familiar with the Black Panther, uh, he's a character in the Marvel Cinematic well, not just the cinematic universe, but Marvel comic books. Uh, he is a king of a fictional country called Wakanda, and you've seen him in the what. Uh, not a, not the Avengers movie. It was actually Captain America: Civil War. Yeah, pardon me. I, I always, every time I see Civil War, I think of it as an Avengers movie, and it's not. It's a it's a it's a it's a Captain America movie. But anyway, it was excellent. If you guys go see it, um, stick around for the end credits because there's there's two pretty significant scenes, uh, especially after the all the credits. There's there's a final scene. Um, after every single credit has rolled, it's about five minutes, um, of credits and you get the, the two boat, you get the bonus scene at the very end and one before the credits really start rolling. So, so yeah, go ahead and see it. I highly recommend it. If I would have rated on a scale on uh, one to 10, I I'd give it a solid eight because a solid eight is different than a regular eight, I guess. <laughs> All right. Anyway, what's next? Oh Yeah. It's time for my favorite segment of the Judo Chop Suey podcast. What time is it? Listener reaction. And for this week, I got a voicemail. I got a voicemail from a fellow named Ray. So, Ray, take it away. Unintentional rhyme. Hello, Judo Dave. I'd love to co-host with you, if you would have me. I'd love to talk about being a middle-aged judoka with children that do judo. I do video production as part of my day job, so I meet all the equipment requirements that you asked for in episode 43. Let me know. Thanks. Congratulations to you, Ray. You are the winner of the inaugural, very first, which I'm being redundant there, win a spot on the Judo Chop Suey podcast contest. Congratulations! 
Actually, there wasn't any contest. I just I just made that up, obviously. If you guys were listening to the last episode, I said nothing about a contest. But you know what? It doesn't matter because I did ask. I said, hey, if any of you guys wanted to join this podcast as a guest co-host, just let me know. And you know what, Ray? Ray was the one that sent out the first email. He had the courage, the cojones, as they say where he's from, to join this podcast. And we're going to talk a lot about judo. So I'm really looking forward to that. Congratulations to you. You see, that's how I roll here. Ask and it shall be given unto you. Seek the Judo Chop Suey podcast and you will find. Knock. Well, if you knock on my door, I'm calling the police because that means you are stalking me because you guys don't know where I live. Anyway, I'm really looking forward to the conversation. It's going to be awesome. We're going to have a great time. I am aiming for a March 27th release for that episode. Oh, and that reminds me one last housekeeping item. I am going to be on vacation between March 12th through the 16th, with me, which means that where I would normally release an episode on March 20th, that's not going to happen, unfortunately. But I will have an episode on March 27th. I'm hoping that I can get together with Ray and we can do this co-hosting thing. Um, Ray, I, I've already gotten in touch with you. I'm sure you'll hear this. Um, and we will finalize a date where we can sit down and have a, a great conversation about judo and being uh, middle-aged old farts uh, <laughs> with kids. All right. I've got one more email that I'd like to read. It's from my buddy out in who knows where these days, Christian, co-hosted with me, or actually joined me on the podcast for an interview about a year ago. Goes, hello, Dave. Heard an interesting car argument to the reasoning behind the leg grab ban. Oh, criminy. You got to be, again, the li- Christian, come on, man. Come on, get out of here. All right. You're continuing on. Uh, continuing behind the leg grab band. You know, my personal crusade topic. Yeah, no kidding. Anyhow, one of my coaches said he believes that it was that it were countries that didn't bring much money to the IJF or the IOC. He names countries like Belarus, Moldova, and Georgia that were the problem. So he believes that uh, countries that didn't bring in much money were the problem because their athletes in judo were winning and those who did bring in the money, like France, Japan, and Germany, weren't winning. So in the end, it's a conspiracy. I'm sure Sensei, Sensei Eji Bra would agree on all that. Who, who is that? Uh, all thanks, Christian. Uh, yee. Oh, man. Why do I respond to this? This, uh, first off, Christian, thank you for the email. I will say this. I think there is something to this. It's a topic that I've danced around and indirectly stated in one way, shape, or the other over the past year when it comes to the changes in Judah rules and such. And I really hate to say it, but I do think a secondary motivation to some of these rule changes is to preserve the Japanese way of doing judo. And look, that's upright, uh, a certain style of judo that's very um, obvious to 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 the viewers that, that they see, you know, since judo is Japanese— and even though it belongs to the whole world, it originated, obviously, it originated in Japan. And people want to see judo done a certain way. And I've alluded to this in the past when I've talked about old world championships 
that I've watched and, and things along those lines. I think I made reference to the 1961 uh, World Championships. When you watch those old videos, there is a style. Like It seemed to me that everybody knew how how the game was supposed to be played. And then as judo was introduced to the rest of the world through the Olympics, and now it became a sport where you could win money. There's a lot of uh, – there's stakes on, on the line and things like that. All of these rule changes started happening, and it didn't happen all in one fell swoop, but it did happen over the course of years. You know, I've talked about the introduction of the Coca and the Yuko that didn't exist uh, before the Olympics, and I've talked about other rule changes in terms of gripping and gripping strategies and such. Take, for example, the ban on the bear hug. What? Why is that a ban? That is not a safety issue. And we can point to all sorts of rules that have been made over the past 50, 60 years that you would, they, they claim, oh, it's a safety issue, but it's not really a safety issue. It's, a, it's, a, it's an issue of aesthetics. And when it comes to aesthetics, who does the most visually aesthetic looking style of judo? The French, uh, the Japanese, you could even include Germany in there. They do the style of judo that is the prettiest to watch. And it, there's no debate about that, in my opinion. And don't, don't give me this, oh, leg grabs look so beautiful. No, they don't. I'm sorry. I mean, unless you're talking about throws where, you know, a, a single leg or a double leg gets them right off their feet and slams them onto their back. That, that, that's a whole different ball game. But if you're talking about, you know, double legs that end up in the old, uh, a, a yuko versus a, Uchimata that that ends in Ipon. No, that it's it's not more pleasing to look at. Definitely not. You 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 know I I would rather watch a hundred Uchimata in a row than than a hundred Morotegaris. It's just not the same. It's that you know there's something to be said about you, you know you you being thrown in such a way where your feet end up pointing toward the ceiling for a brief moment and then you come crashing onto your back. That's pretty impressive to watch. And I want to be absolutely clear here that I'm not saying that leg grab should be banned. I'm just saying what I prefer to watch and what I think is more beautiful looking judo to watch is is the upright style of posture versus the constant bent over at the waist uh, leg diving. That's just my opinion and I'm hey, I'm entitled to it. So I do think I I think a lot of these rule changes do have to do Primarily because of you know the demands by the IOC that I absolutely b believe I, I don't think there's a conspiracy there, but is there a secondary reasoning behind these rule changes to preserve um, aesthetically pleasing judo and to protect the countries that promote that kind of style? Yeah, I, I don't, I really can't argue with that. It's it's been a personal belief of mine. That's not the first time I've heard that argument. I mean, I remember. You know, years ago on the old school, you know, on the old judo forums, uh, people making those claims. And I, I never really argued one way or the other, but I certainly can see that and I've certainly agreed with it. Whether it's done deliberately, you know, in, you know, in back rooms and, you know, where secret meetings take place and you've got the, you know, Kodokan representatives and representatives of the AJJF sitting in there demanding such things or else they're not going to show up at certain tournaments. You know, I don't know if, if that kind of shenanigans happen, but I do believe there is an effort by the IJF and certain people uh, w within the uh, global judo community to preserve a specific looking style of judo. 
Uh, and I do believe that. I, I do agree with your coach, but but not as a primary reason. That That's probably a, a, a second or third uh, on a list of reasons. That probably comes much lower on the list of reasons to have some of these rules. That's just my opinion, just putting it out there. One of the news items that I wanted to get to on this episode is an item that I read on a website called MMA Weekly. And I'm not quite sure how they got this story. I didn't see it when it was released. I didn't see it released anywhere else. And this story was released on February 21st. Headline goes, Ronda Rousey and her mother will receive belt promotions during Hall of Fame induction. The article goes on to say, former women's bantamweight champion Ronda Rousey will be inducted into the International Sports Hall of Fame on March 3rd in Columbus, Ohio as part of the Arnold Classic Expo that weekend. In addition to her Hall of Fame induction, Rousey will also be honored with a promotion to six-degree black belt in judo courtesy of Steve Scott, vice chairman of the National AAU Judo Program. Now, for those of you who are wondering, yes, it's the same Steve Scott who is the founder of of freestyle judo and the and the head sensei of Welcome Mat Judo Club. Bronze, uh, Rousey is a former bronze medal wit- uh, bronze medalist in the Olympics in judo, and she will share her belt promotion alongside her mother at the ceremony. Rousey's mother and the and Maria De Mars, who was the first American to win gold at the Judo World Championships, will also be promoted to seventh degree black belt alongside her daughter. While she's never officially retired from fighting, Rousey isn't expected to compete in the UFC again as she's recently inked a multi-year deal with the World Wrestling Entertainment to begin a new career as a professional wrestler. Former California Governor Arnold Schwarzenegger will be overseeing the ceremonies where where Rousey will be inducted into the Hall of Fame alongside fellow UFC champion Boss Rutan, who will also be inducted as well. So this was from MMA Weekly, and again, at the time that I saw this, I did not see any other press release items on any other website, whether that's another mixed martial arts site. So I don't know where MMA Weekly got this story and how this uh, this promotion is going to take place. I, I don't know if I mean, is Steve Scott going to meet Arnold Schwarzenegger. Is, is this promotion a completely separate event? Or is it going to take place at this International Sports Hall of Fame ceremony? I really don't know. I reached out to Steve Scott with the hopes to get uh, more of an answer on this. And he's agreed to join the podcast. So ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Steve Scott. Steve, welcome back to the Judo Chop Suey podcast. Thank you for joining me. How are you doing tonight? Doing well, Dave. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. So tell me what's been going on with you. Uh, but, but before you do that, I want to let you know that the episode that you came on with me about we're, almost a year ago is one of my most popular episodes. I still get reaction from it uh, from time to time. So I'm grateful that you were able to come back on again, the podcast. and. Uh, so what's been going on with you over this uh, almost year now? Well, actually, you know, I've been working on a book. I've been keeping it kind of under wraps, and I've been doing a lot of research on that. It's been a lot of fun. You know, this will be my actually 18th published book coming out this year. Uh, we're looking later this year in 2018. Uh, in fact, I just just this morning um, finalized my um, contract, I guess it would be, with with the publisher. So, Congratulations. Yeah, we're, we're real excited about it. It's going to be 
on um, how and why judo works. It's going to be uh, the biomechanics of judo, basically. And it's um, um, it, the, the working title is uh, Controlling Movement. And then we're probably going to have some kind of a subtitle to it. It really depends on what the uh, publisher wants to do you know, for sales purposes. But, uh, but that's the working title right now. We're, we're, we're well into the uh, initial editing phase. Um, and uh, it's it's really coming along really well. What what I'm trying to do in this book, and I think it'll be hopefully well received, is that um, we're showing how um, the traditional verbiage of judo's things like taisabaki and uchikomi and things like that really do have meaning. And Kano is the guy that you know. You know, if you talked to me before, you know I'm a big fan of Jigoro Kano, and he's the person who uh, really introduced a lot of this phraseology into the world of judo and, and made it kind of scientific because he was an educator. So what we're doing, we're using this very good articulate nomenclature that Kano has developed and has developed through the years in, in judo into uh, and how it works into um, a kinesiology, you know, because basically judo is kinesiology because it's movement. It's the study of movement. So I'm blending these two, the, 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 the current science of biomechanics with the more traditional way of looking at judo um, through all the years of the, the white, white throws are named the way they are, white movement, so on. And we're, we're kind of, I think it's going to be a pretty good blend, pretty interesting book. And it, um, like I said, we're, we're, we're just finishing up the first edit, uh, you know, the big edit, hopefully sure. by, by November, I'm thinking is a, is a date. I can't wait. I, I can't wait to see that. Uh, I'll be I'll be first in line to put my pre-order in or or get the order in as soon as I find out. So I, I'm like like I say I am the probably the biggest judo geek in the world, and this is <laughs> this is a, a typical judo geek book for for guys like me. So I I think that if you're a judo geek and a lot of us are unabashedly judo geeks and we love it, uh, this is the kind of stuff that keeps you up at night. And uh, I think it, I hope it's a good read. It sure was a lot of fun writing and it's sure a lot of fun working on with the publisher to get it a finished product. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it a lot. So that's really what we've been doing. And, and of course, uh, we've been uh, uh, moving along with the, the AAU judo program and our judo black belt association. We've been doing that. And um, uh, here, here at Kansas city at welcome at, we're, we're seeing good numbers of kids coming in the door and working out and um, Kenny Brinks uh, doing a great job. Derek Darling's doing a great job. All the other guys in the gym are fabulous. So, so, you know, we, we've got a solid base here in the Midwest and we, uh, we're, we're kind of excited about that. We're just going to keep doing what we're doing. I, you know, we don't have any plans of slowing down. And I'm I'm excited for you. I, I still watch the videos. I just saw the most recent one on on uh, moving Tani Otoshi. I, oh, yeah. I like that a lot. I like their I I like Derek's judo. I I I think he's excellent, and uh, I like the way that he. he I'm, I'm glad you say that because you know he works really hard on that, and and he he's a good technician. He's really a good yes. technician, and I I'm, I'm very fortunate to have him do all the work because I'm too beat up. And uh, what you don't see on the video, uh, I'm very hard of hearing. I don't, a lot of people don't know that. And I have almost 80% hearing loss. So I have oh. hearing aids in. It's one of the reasons I don't do a lot of stuff anymore because I don't want to take my hearing aids out because I don't want to be deaf anymore. So uh, we're doing that. And also I'm kind of beat up, and, but I'm glad I got Derek and, and Mike and, and Eric and all the guys who, who you know, do all the, uh, the work for me. Um, they're so talented. I'm very fortunate to have young men like that in the, in the, in the dojo and, and, and lifting the heavy load for me to demonstrate the moves. That's fantastic. Now, can you tell me a little bit about AAU judo? I know we touched on this 
Uh, the last time you were here, but for the benefit of the listeners, which which does a lot more uh, this time around, please talk about AAU Judo and the Judo Black Belt Association. Just just give some brief details, things that we may not know, the history, that kind of thing. Well, yeah, Dave. What initially AAU, the Amateur Athletic Union, it, you know, it was founded I think in 1885 or 1882, somewhere around there, and it is one of the largest sports organizations in the world. It's one of the largest national sports groups, and it it I think right now they have somewhere 500,000 members. I'm not really sure in total. It, 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 the AAU covers 35 or 40 different sports. Initially, uh, early on, the AAU was the governing body for amateur sport in the United States. In other words, uh, you had to do AAU, whatever it was, to make the Olympic team ultimately. And um, in, in, um, in, in sense of judo history, uh, the AAU recognized judo as a sport. I think it was either 1950 or 1953. I think it was 1950. Um, and so um, then the the different groups of, of judo people organized together into what was called the Judo Black Belt Federation. And so uh, the AAU pretty much recognized the Judo Black Belt Federation, I think from about 1950 on, as the, uh, the technical body while the AAU was the, the governing body in terms of you know, sports organization and infrastructure, uh, the, the, the Judo Black Belt Federation was the, um, the technical body. And they had a, an agreement for many years. And then in 1978, the Presidential Sports Act was signed. And what happened then was that the AAU was uh, broken up and each sport, Judo, you know, wrestling, whatever the sport was, formed their own governing body that answered directly to the U.S. Olympic Committee. So mm -hmm. the AAU was no longer an intermediate body between the sport and then the, the Olympic Committee. It was, it was, you know, pretty much discarded. And so what happened then was, of course, AAU was no longer, um, you know, it was like 78. And by 1980, uh, in the U.S. Judo Incorporated, USJI was formed, and I was around in those years. I mean, I was, right. I, you know, I was here in Missouri. Uh, 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 attorney friend of mine and I were the people who actually started the, uh, the, 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 you know, the Class B membership, Missouri Judo Incorporated. So we were heavy into it. I was right behind it because I was involved in AAU Judo, and then we switched over. But I, but one thing I did, I still stayed with the AAU because one, my wife was working for the AAU. Um, you know, she had a good job with the local AAU uh, association. And also I was involved in Sambo and Sambo was still involved in the AAU as a sport. So I was heavily involved in that. So I was, and I worked in public recreation and it was fabulous insurance because I worked with kind of underprivileged kids. So we could get really great insurance for these kids and, um, you know, for, for very, very minimal costs. So the AAU still had its great benefits as a sports organization. So anyway, um, so AAU was no longer the governing body. Well, in 19, backtrack a bit, in 1974, the Judo Black Belt Federation changed its name to the U.S. Judo Federation. And it was still, um, it was still recognized by the then AAU Judo Committee as the technical body. Um, and that, you know, that changed. Um, in 1977, I believe the USJA um, sued for uh, recognition of their ranks because that was a big issue here. We're going back to ranks all the time. That was right, a, right. Yeah. And so 
um, the USJA uh, sued and won, uh, and and so their ranks were then recognized. You know, the AAU you know had to recognize the ranks, and 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 again when we and so fast forward, the AAU is pretty much out of the judo business, and then in 1994, uh, some other fellows and I uh, approached the AAU national committee the you know the national uh, associate you know the national government uh, the the uh, hit structure of it in orlando at the time and said we'd like to get judo back in the aau as a recognized sport and we don't want to do anything about the governing body we don't want any of that we want to look at it as a development program and because we really think it could you know has legs as a development program for the aau because it's such inexpensive to join you know cost to join and so on and so forth great infrastructure they said yeah we'll take you back so we we reinstituted the AAU judo program in 1994, and by 1995 we started having our first developmental national tournament, and we've been holding them that way ever since. And then in 2008, I uh, came up with the uh, with the help of others came up with the, the freestyle judo contest That's rules, right. and we added that. So the AAU now has uh, you know national development tournaments and our national championships for both the standard rules. Uh, of judo and the kind of pre 2009 IJF rules that, that we used, and then also we use have a national championship in our freestyle rules. So we have actually two national championships a year, just like wrestling does with Greco Roman and freestyle. You know, so so we you know we think we you know provide people that choice. So that's kind of a you know in a nutshell the history of AAU. Now in about in I think in 2004. My friend John Saylor has a, a great organization, the Shingitai Jiu-Jitsu Organization Association, and it's it's a it's a good, more traditional-based jiu-jitsu thing. But they also do a lot of self-defense. And John is an old judo jock, just like me and just like you. Um, he is um, he, he was a national champion multiple times, international competitor. Um, he was a coach at the Olympic Training Center from judo for judo from 1983 to 1991 and 92, somewhere around there. So you know he's got. He's got credentials in judo too, and he formed his own jiu-jitsu group in the '80s, which I joined because it was a lot of fun to do. And so John and I realized I mainly approached John with the idea. I said, "Man, I said we got so many judo guys in our group, in our shingitai group, um, and they just don't want to join the different judo organizations out there. Why don't we have a have our own little yadan shikai for just judo in addition to jiu-jitsu?" He said, "It's a great idea. Let's do it." So in 2004, we formed what we first called the Judo Black Belt Alliance. Then we decided to change it. We'll just call it the Judo Black Belt Association. And just because it's, it's a Yadon Shikai, it's our own Yadon Shikai sure, for sure. Judo within John's structure. So, so we, that's how it started. And then, and then last year, um, people had been constantly contacting me. I've had a lot of actual emails and phone calls from people saying, look, we'd like to have something get on board an independent kind of an organization. Um, we know you're crazy enough to do it. Would you do this? And I said, yeah. So Norm Miller, our national AAU judo committee chairman, I'm the vice chairman now. And we discussed this some length and we said, okay, well, let's go ahead. And while AAU does not necessarily issue ranks as, you know, as AAU judo per se, we do have a, an organization already in place called the judo black belt association. And through that, we can issue are primarily brown and black belt ranks. We don't really care. It's a different business model. We don't care, like you as a coach, as an instructor, sensei in your own dojo, how you promote your people is your business. We do have some 
pretty strict standards uh, that, you know, we have a handbook that you could follow and so on and so forth and real nominal fees to join and, and, and get rank promotion. And basically we're, again, this is a developmental thing. This is, you know, right, this right. is how grassroots and we are all about grassroots development and that's what we're doing. And, and so that's kind of a, a fast version of what's going on. And this last year I have been quite busy uh, working with some other people like, you know, like, uh, James Wall, uh, Scott Decker, uh, Norm Miller, John Saylor, Anne Maria DeMars, uh, my wife Becky. We've all been working a lot on developing this JBBA structure, and we got a good one. Uh, we got a we got a pretty darn good one, and uh, I think it's uh, I think we're going to be offering something for people in the in the judo community and martial arts community in general um, that maybe isn't out there right now. It's an alternative. Um, we're really old, like we say we're old school values, but innovative ideas. And it's, I know it's a catchy kind of maybe a cliche, but we really believe it. And so that's what we're offering. And um, we uh, we do have a website. We got a little small website. It's uh, www.judoblackbelt.com. If you want to know more about the organization, you can go there. You can download our um, our um, uh, uh, handbook. It has our rank structure and what we how we how we approach ranks. And we're real educational based in our ranks because Kano was an educator and right, right. We, we view it that way very much so. So um, that's what we're doing. And, and uh, outside of writing the book, that's kept me pretty busy in addition to uh, trying to put, put the food on the table for the wife and my cats and everything else. So <laughs> I think that's really great. Everything that you're doing. Now, Steve, before I continue on with the uh, rest of the Q&A, I need to talk about my partners at Health IQ. Health IQ is a life insurance agency that helps health conscious people lower their rates on their life insurance. Are you someone who cares about their health and fitness and takes special care of themselves through proper nutrition? Do you lift weights or take part of a physical activity like judo? And I'm sure many of you listening do. Then visit www.healthiq.com forward slash judo to learn more about Health IQ's special rates. Health IQ wants to recognize your hard work and dedication to a fit and healthy lifestyle by offering you savings on your life insurance. If you want to learn more about Health IQ's special rates for fit and active people, visit www.healthiq.com forward slash judo. You mentioned Anne Maria DeMars, and that's part of the reason why I brought you on here. I came across an article on, of all websites, mmaweekly.com. I don't know how they got the story. I don't know how they got your name, which is why when I reached out to you initially, I asked if you had a press release of some kind. They were the first ones to report that at the International Hall of Fame, I believe, that they, that that uh, Ronda Rousey is going to be inducted. And your name was brought up that you are going to be promoting or, or your organization is going to be promoting uh, Dr. Anne Maria DeMars and Ronda Rousey. And it turns out from what I, I find out, your your wife as well. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. That's well, you're absolutely right on all points. Uh I, I you know, I don't know how they found out. I I didn't I hadn't said anything to anybody. I'm and they were the first ones to report it. I, I found this out about a week ago and I was I didn't find this news item anywhere else. So I I, I, I don't know how they got the story. I thought it was really interesting. Yeah, I'm not sure if if Rhonda's publicity people did that or whatever. I, I, you know, I, I asked Anne Maria and she said she hadn't had any contact with them. So it must've been somebody on, on Rhonda's team. I just don't know. Uh, but yeah, indeed. Uh, um, Anne Maria has been involved with us from our very start in, in AAU judo. She's got 
uh, a club, you know, her, her Gompers School. She teaches at a, a small club in LA. A lot of people don't know this about her. Um, she devotes a lot of time to these kids and she gets them all over the country for not just judo trips, but they, you know, like when they came to Kansas city, they, they, they went to our historic sites. They, uh, when they went to Washington DC for a judo competition, they always use a judo competition as a way to, to get them out and to educate these kids in the, you know, field trips. So she's been really involved with this club. It's been an AAU club, right. From its inception, I believe. Um, and you know, it's, you know, again, AAU has great insurance. These are the kind of kids we want. These are the kind of kids that, that maybe you know, can't afford a real nice dojo, you know, but, um, but maybe they could, but nonetheless, the AAU provides good insurance and practice insurance and also insurance for her as a, as a, as a sensei or coach. So she's been involved with this for quite some time. And, um, then when, when she called me, oh, some time ago, time-wise, I just can't remember, but she said, you know, Rhonda is getting inducted in the International Sports Hall of Fame. And Anne-Marie, I think, was in, inducted two years ago. Um, so she said, um, you know, I just want you to, and we were talking about that because, you know, I'm a big fan of Rhonda. And, of course. And, and, and so I, uh, we were talking about it. And because she said, well, this is in context to what you and I had been talking about before. And I, I'd, 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 John Saylor and I, uh, had approached uh, Anne Maria Meanley through me, but I, I threw this by John, and he thought it was a great idea uh, for our JBBA to promote both uh, Anne Maria and Becky uh, to to seventh don. Uh, they certainly deserve it. I mean, um, you know, Becky was a world sambo champion, and and among other things, and she was a, a national judo champion, and with women's, when you know, she was one of the pioneers of women's judo. So was Anne Maria. You know, Anne Maria, we all know, was the first United States athlete to win a world judo title. So yeah, of um, course. 32 people that deserve it. And by the way, Becky and Anne Maria and, and I have been friends. Uh, Becky and I met her in 1973 when Anne Maria was still like a, a teenager. And I'm a bit older. Becky and I are just a bit older than Anne Maria. But, but uh, you know, uh, but she would, she would actually, she was from St. Louis and she would come up and after Becky and I got married, uh, she, we always had a, a spare bedroom for Anne Maria and she would come up and, and stay two, three, four days, train with us and go back home. And, but she did that with a lot of dojos in the Midwest. That's how, one of the ways she got out and about. So um, we have this long history of, of being really good friends with Anne Maria uh, for, for many, many years. And so, uh, you know, she and I have been talking about, we wanted to move her up to Seventh Don and as well as Becky, really because we, in our organization, uh, they would help a lot um, in terms of their, their technical expertise and also the, their seventh, their, their higher Don grades, then we can now promote people a little higher in our own little Don Shikai. And, right. and she said, she said, you know, you know, uh, have you considered uh, anything about Rhonda? And I said, well, no, I really haven't. And she said, well, you know, um, you know, what, what would you say? And I said, you know, I, I think, you know, I, I think we, it would be wonderful if we moved Rhonda you know, in Don Gray moved her up to sixth. And, and uh, so we decided, well, okay, let's do that. And she talked to Rhonda about it and Rhonda said, Hey, that'd be wonderful. I'd be honored. And uh, you know, and, and, you know, and she knows it's not through one of the big national judo groups. It's, it's us. But the, the thing is, is, is like Ann Maria said, and a number of other people in our organization said, uh, you know, we're valid, you know, we're all good judo people. You know, a lot of us have joined together and formed their own Yadon Shikai. And that's what any judo group really is, whether it's the JA or USJI, USA Judo or USJF or any of the groups out there. There are a number of judo groups out there and they all have their own 
uh, you know, validity and they're fine. So, so are we. So anyway, that's how it came about to, to do this at the International Sports Hall of Fame. And so Anne Maria and um, she got me in contact with with the people at the at the Arnold. It's going to be at the Arnold Expo um, in um, March, uh, March 3rd. We'll be doing it March 3rd. And um, we'll be doing it there at the International Sports Hall of Fame. So we'll, we'll basically, before Rhonda gets her, um, uh, you know, inducted in the Sports Hall of Fame, then I will be there to promote both Anne Maria and Rhonda to their Don grades, higher Don grades. And then, uh, then the, like the guy said, then we'll whisk you off the stage and let Rhonda get her International Sports Hall of Fame. And we said, that's great. We'll be glad to be part of it. So that's how it developed. Um, it, it really wasn't done as a publicity stunt. It was it was just a great opportunity to get some um, exposure for judo. That's the way I looked at it, you know. And really, when you look at it, if people like what you're doing, they call it publicity. If they don't <laughs> like what you're doing, they call it a publicity stunt. So, yeah. no matter what you do, you know. So, but but I thought it'd be great opportunity. And also, um, this lets everybody in the martial arts, mixed martial arts, whatever world knows that that Ronda Rousey's roots are in judo. You know, she's she's a, absolutely a judoka. And a, a proud one and a great one. So I, you know, I, I think we're we're pretty excited about doing it within our group. And um, and uh, you know, we, we know that Rhonda's been a supporter of what we're doing, and and now we we're just kind of uh, taking that to the next step. And and, and uh, you know, as she's growing older and and wiser in her years, and, and, and we all do as we all do. Uh, it's not a slam on her by any means. Don't understand me, but don't misunderstand me. But as she's as she's maturing as a judoka. Um, I think this will be a, a, the next step one should take in, in, in more of a leadership capacity and role that she will eventually move into, I know. So we're excited about it. We're excited about doing everything we can for her. That's really fantastic. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad you brought up some of these points. I did not know that – I was not aware that you were going to be in Columbus uh, doing the presentation as well there, and I, and I think that's fantastic. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, it's going to be one of those in and out things. And um, uh, but, you know, Columbus is a great town. Uh, you know, we've been there many times. Uh, John Saylor and I have been there at the Arnold Expo before, which is a massively impressive um, sports expo. <laughs> if you haven't been to the Arnold Expo, you're missing something. It is really, really impressive. So uh, what is the Arnold? That, that's a building or is that a is yeah, that an event? He's got it. It's, it's in their downtown convention center. And that you know it's it's i think over a week or a weekend certainly the weekend i'll be there but uh i know like march 2nd 3rd 4th something along that they have they have bodybuilding they have powerlifting they have arm wrestling they have um i don't know if they have still have a judo tournament there but i know they have a sambo tournament there they have um submission grappling um you know it, i think they've had maybe in even past years some mma but but they have booths it's it's a huge gathering of not just you know strength athletes and people in, in the world of bodybuilding, powerlifting, and so on, weightlifting, but also in the martial arts world, um, they I, I think they have kung fu tournaments and karate tournaments there. So it is a is a huge huge sports expo, and I think from what the fellow was telling me, uh, a great guy named Fairfax Hackley who has really been courting this old judo man by the way from New York, um, who used to train with Tamont Johnston Ono and knows Morris Allen knows a lot of good people. But Fairfax was telling her, Hack was telling me that I think 200,000 people are expected to be in Columbus uh, for the Arnold. And that, that's a huge, that's a huge event. So, that, and I'm going to be wrong. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's really big. 
It's a lot of people. It's a lot of people. So if, you, if you've not been to the Arnold, it really is a lot of fun to be there. And I'm looking forward just to going through. And, you know, like one, one time John Saylor and I were wandering around and we walked right by Buster, Buster Douglas, the guy who knocked out Mike Tyson. Yeah, I know who he is. Yep. Yeah. And so we said, hey, Buster Douglas, we shook hands and, you know, he, he, nice guy. And uh, you never know who you run into. So that's just one of those places. So, um, yeah. So we're excited about being there for that. Fascinating. I not. Um, I was not aware of that. Well, I've never. I've never been to Ohio. I've only been through Ohio. I've never been there. So, that's really interesting. I sounds exciting. I'd love to to be there in the future at some point. Certainly not this year, but maybe. Uh, maybe in a year or two, I can make make way up my way up there and and have a look at that myself. The only bad thing about it, Columbus gets cold, and uh, uh, it's a great town otherwise, and certainly it's a great town for the Arnold. Um, and and you know from, from his roots. Uh, one of Arnold's early backers, from what I understand, uh, was in, uh, in the Columbus, Ohio area, very prominent individual there. And when Arnold came over in the late 60s and this, this gentleman here uh, the, the, the basically uh, started the Arnold Expo was one of his early sponsors and they still remain good friends. So that's why it's in Columbus, from what I understand. I might be wrong, but that's what I understand. And and they've they've expanded it where it's now they've they started this international sports hall of fame and they, they bring in people from all, you know, all different sports and they, uh, they honor them. And so when you get judo players like Anne Maria DeMars and Ronda Rousey, I mean, they certainly represent us well. And I think they're the only judo players that have been selected to this, you know, prestigious hall of fame. You know, we've got uh, people like boss Rutten and, you know, you know, I mean, really well-known martial arts people far more than the judo people. So, yeah, I think we're, you know, Rhonda and Anne Maria, you know, they've got some good company and they certainly deserve to be there. So, yeah. Absolutely. That that's fantastic. I'm very happy for you and 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 for uh you know, for the AAU and and the J, you know, your your feder your federation as well. That's that's really great stuff. Um uh before we wrap things up, is there anything else that you want to tell the listeners where where they can find you? Maybe um you you know, uh your online handles, that kind of thing, Twitter, yeah. Facebook. Well, thanks so much for, for thinking that, Dave. Um, we're, we're real active on Facebook. If they want to visit us on Facebook, they can go to the International Judo uh, International Freestyle Judo Alliance on Facebook or just go to Freestyle Judo or AAU Judo, and they'll link together. Um, I, I, we also have for our members in our JBBA, we also have the Judo Black Belt Association on Facebook, and that's, that's for our members as well. But um, but those are places we go to. And also, again, go to our website at www.judoblackbelt.com. Uh, I want to give a, a shout out to my good friend, John Saylor, who really has been so supportive in all this and helping me get this judo stuff uh, established. And his, uh, his website is uh, 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 sjacom And that's his website for the Shingitai organization. And we're having our national training camp. Uh, May 19th and 20th in Perrysville, Ohio, um, and with you know with, with freestyle judo, shingitai jiu-jitsu, sambo. We're also having May 5th in Denham Springs, Louisiana. James and Patty Wall are hosting our national AAU freestyle judo championships. Uh, in the, it's in the New Orleans area or uh, Baton Rouge area. So Denham Springs, Louisiana, uh, May 5th, uh, 2018. So. We hope people would be interested enough. It's, it's, it is an AAU-sanctioned event, um, and we hope people would, would would want to come down and visit us and participate. And, uh, and you know, our freestyle rules are 
we, we think the rules that make common sense. And uh, again, the whole, whole idea is development. Um, you know, we don't try to be the governing body. We are just one of many groups out there trying to help develop judo in a positive manner. And, uh, and you know, people like you who, are, who have been so kind to us about giving us the publicity, it's, it's really, it's, it's very much appreciated. And, uh, and I thank you for giving the time you've given me really, Dave. It's, it's really nice of you. Yeah, it's 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 it, the the pleasure is all mine and the honor is all mine. A uh, question. Uh, One more thing you, before I interrupt. Hey, yeah, there, yeah I, go right ahead. Uh, the uh, I, I do a, a great. I hopefully I get a lot of compliments on it. Uh, a, a great uh, YouTube channel. Um, yes, it, you do. That's right. Um, go to uh, you know YouTube and go to uh, Welcome Matt Steve Scott. When I selected the name, you know I was pretty much a dud in YouTube. You know I, I wasn't versed at all in it. And I, they said, well, what's your name? So I just typed in Welcome Matt Steve Scott. And it's a long handle, but it seems to catch on. Right now, we have 9,600 subscribers, and it's free. So, And I'm putting out about 20 videos a month. So if on a variety of subjects, primarily judo, but a variety of subjects. And so if people want to come on, subscribe. We'd love to have you. Um, you know, we try to, to be a good positive addition in the world of martial arts. We really do. Yeah, and, and I, I am definitely a subscriber. You are. I, I, I did have uh, one follow-up question. Yeah, uh, so if somebody wanted to to compete in the in your freestyle judo national championship, do they have to be a member of AAU judo? AAU judo, yes, but not the JBBA. That's just an arm. If you want your rank through us, so that the AAU does sanction the event. Um, it, it is uh, that you can go online at AAU, www.aausports.org, aausports.org, and you can get your annual membership. Uh, it runs from uh, September 1 through August 31 each year. Um, so it, it costs, I think, an athlete membership is uh, $29. I'm just going off the top of my head. Coach sure. membership fee is about $16 or $18. Very inexpensive. What this does, it provides inf infrastructure. It's a, you know, the, the, the AAU sanctions the event. Uh, everyone's covered by their great insurance, and to, including the tournament promoter. In this case, is James and Patty Wall. And, and so, you know, there are a lot of benefits in joining AAU. It provides the infrastructure that certainly judo can, can use, any sport can use in development. And, 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 you don't have to be a member of our Judo Black Belt Association to go and compete in any of our AAU Judo tournaments, especially our nationals. Uh, anyone is welcome as long as they join the AAU. And again, that is for insurance purposes, you know, liability, but it is the best insurance policy out there. Nobody in martial arts can touch what the AAU is doing. And by the way, the AAU also has karate, taekwondo, kung fu, a number of different martial arts, not just Judo. So, um, you know, they can, they can really get the benefits of AAU membership. But yes, you do have to be a member of AAU Judo. But believe me, it's an inexpensive price to pay. A lot of people gripe. They say, well, why do I have to join a different organization? Well, a lot of people join different organizations for a lot of different things. We get a lot of people cross over from BJJ. And they sure join the BJJ organization. There's nothing wrong with that. They should. So, you know, it, again, the AAU does provide some insurance, uh, some great insurance for the for the participants and also for the club members when you're back at home and have your own AAU tournament locally. So, yeah. Now, if a club if a club owner wants to be a part of the JBBA, what does that entail? What it, what it is, uh, one, you have to be a member of AAU. You, okay. You, one of our requirements is you must be a member of AAU. And what the AAU does, you know, like, like say you wanted to join 
and uh, you, you wanted to say, oh, I want to advance. I like your rank program. I like the way your promotion. I like your philosophy. I want to join. Well, okay, first join AAU. And what you'll do by doing that as a, uh, you know, as you say, as a sensei, uh, you join as a non-athlete member, which I think is 16 or, 16 or $18 a year. And th they do a background check, the AAU does, because, you know, frankly, we want people who are not problems in, in our organization. We don't want child molesters or crazy people. So they do that. And then you say, okay, well, I do that. I want to get, you know, I want to join JBBA. Well, what you can do is go online to our website at judoblackbelt.com, download the membership application, or you can do it from our Facebook page as well and join there. And it's a one-time fee of $50. We don't, it's not an annual fee. There's no annual fees to the JBBA. It's a one-time shot. What that does is basically, you know, it buys the paper for certificates. It pays for this computer I'm talking on, my, my phone bill. It, it pays for maintaining the organization. And then uh, if you want to advance in ranks, we handle primarily brown and black belt ranks. You as a sensei can promote your own people. That's our business model. Uh, we provide, and, and you can, by the way, download the handbook as well as they have the, eight, the freestyle the judo rules in them, but they also have our syllabus for the different rank, different don grades, and also from, from brown belts as well. So you can look at what it, what you're required to do. It's black and white. We, we, we don't have any shame in what we do. We'll, show, we'll, we'll be glad to tell the world these are our promotion standards, and they're quite strict. They're quite strict. And again, being a, a historical buff and, and geek on this stuff, I'm going back to what Jigoro Kano started. I'm not saying I have a direct connection to him, but we are saying we're going back to the education-based approach to rank. So that's what we're doing. And you can see if you go to our, uh, you know, download our PDF file on our handbook, you can see what, what our standards are in there. That's the way we approach it, like, like an educationally-based thing. So, yeah, and so, but for that one-time fee, and then each, each promotion, you want to get a promotion, it's very inexpensive. Like all our black belt promotions are only $50 each. Um, instead of increasingly progressively higher, you know, it's, I, I was compared getting judo rank to like the IRS. Because <laughs> the more money you make, the more they take from you, you know, yeah. <laughs> so, like in judo rank, the higher you go up in ranks, the more it costs you, you know, like, oh my God, you, you, you know, you spent most of your life and most of your life savings on judo already, and you got to pay somebody else a whole lot more. So we, you know, and that's something I was actually John Saylor's idea. We really established, we want a very uh, we really like we say sweat equity over monetary equity and and it's kind of a, a catchphrase we use but it's true and so it, it's it, it's real inexpensive affordable cost for each don grade and we're very we're, we're very conservative about this you know we uh, you know just an aside i had a, a very nice gentleman contact me want to know how he could get his ninth don from us and and he was he was very sincere and very nice about it and and he believed he he was worthy to be a ninth don and um, he was nobody rich or famous that we have heard of, but I, I was very gracious and I explained to him, well, we just don't do that. We, you know, our, our ranks are mainly for the, the lower Don grades and we just don't promote people to these really, really high Don grades. Um, not yet, maybe some point in the future we might, but right now uh, we're, we're really doing it as a development program and, and we're that alternative. So, um, and he, I said, well, if you're happy with the organization you're with, I'd stay with it. And he said, well, that's why I'm pretty happy with them. I just, and I think he just wanted to get another belt certificate to have on the wall, but, yeah. but and that happens, you know, but, but he was still, at least he was nice about it. And so uh, he said, okay, well, I, I guess it's not for me. I said, probably not for you. Yeah. So, 
you know, what we're offering may not be for everybody. So, um, and that's okay. We, we have a certain niche and we're going to stay within it. And I think we'll, we'll serve that niche well. Well, Steve, I, I really appreciate you coming on the podcast. I appreciate your time, and um, I'm very grateful for the opportunity once again. We'll have to do this again. I, I It should not be a year or yeah. almost a year before I have you back on. Like I said, I'm a big fan of your big fan of your YouTube page. Um, I do check. I'm not on Facebook all that much, but um, but definitely the YouTube page. I'm a big fan of it. Believe me, my my friends and colleagues had to drag me kicking and screaming into Facebook. I, I I'm actually a rather private person hard to believe the way i gab on but um they really dragged me and they said no you steve you got to get more involved in facebook here and, and have a presence i said okay and so we did and uh but yeah maybe when the uh, when the book comes out later in the year we can do a, a talk about that because i absolutely I really, yeah i think it's be a, a cool book i think a lot of people like it really well so um uh, keep looking for it and as soon as i can pre-order it you let me know i'll, I'll be the first one uh, handing you my money I will definitely, by the way, by the way, I have uh, some forwards by it. Some from Jim Bregman uh, is, oh, great. He, he, he graciously wrote a forward for me. He's just a, a wonderful man. And also Bruce Toops, an old mentor of mine, who is one of the great unsung heroes of American judo, wrote a wonderful forward. So I've got actually two forwards by two men I really respect. And so, you know, um, they've endorsed it. And uh, just by, and I sent them the early, you know, uh, manuscripts and they, they looked it over for me and um, you know, they, they sent me back some great ideas that I used in the actual, you know, editing of the, the, the manuscript. So um, uh, they're on board with it. And I figured, well, if I got those guys who I dearly respect and, and deeply respect, uh, I think I'm, I think it's going to be a good book. So I think everybody will enjoy it once it comes out. I think that I can't wait. I, I can't wait. And definitely once it gets time to to release it, I, I I want you back on the podcast. I'll I'll, I'll get a hold of you. I guarantee it. <laughs> All right, Steve. Well, thanks again for your time. You have a good evening, and we'll keep in touch. Thank you, Dave. God bless. Take care, buddy. All right. Take care. Bye. Man, what a great guy. I I tell you, one of these days, uh, I hope this year I can make a trip up to Welcome Matt Judo Club. I I want to meet Steve in person and and spend some time talking judo certainly off the record and just just talking about learning more from him and, and being a student in his class even if it's just for one day I I just I I think the world of him I think he's a great guy I think it really comes through in the interview there how how dedicated he is to judo and I I can't wait to to read his book yeah that's gonna be a very very interesting read I didn't realize he had written so many other books um, I'm going to take a look out for that. I don't know if they're on Amazon. I don't know if there's a way to, if there's a, a an online store somewhere. So I'll take a peek to see if there's anything out there that I can find online. But, um, but what a, what a wonderful human being he, uh, so since the recording of that interview, he sent me a, a picture via text message, uh, showing him and Ronda Rousey, uh, with her promotion to Rokudan and I, it, it just a great picture, and I've been following uh, the events at the the Arnold Expo, and it it's I had never heard of it prior to this interview, but I decided to follow up on it, and yeah, it's this is a it is a big deal. I, I I just didn't know. I don't I don't really follow the weightlifting world at all, but apparently among the weightlifting world and that that subculture, this is a pretty big event. And being into, into into inducted into the 
International Sports Hall of Fame is a, is a monumental event. So congratulations to to Rhonda and congratulations to Boss Rutten and everybody involved in that event. Now, there's a document that I want to share with you guys and I'm going to link it to in the podcast podcast description i'll also post it on my facebook page uh which if you could want to find that it's judah chop suey podcast just search for that on facebook it's an article that steve wrote called the world of belts and if you want to hear about it he actually has a youtube video on pretty much the same subject he called it the world of belts and it's a it's it's a document that discusses his opinion and his viewpoints on promotions and on the belt ranking system. It's a very interesting read and and certainly on the YouTube page, it's a very interesting listen. I have been on the JBBA website to take a look at their promotion standards. I was just curious because I wanted to see if I could promote or not promote, (laughs) if I could pass their showdown test. And and if I knew the, the, the curriculum for their showdown test and I, and I could, and what I found interesting is that I tend to agree with Steve that their promotion standards for Shodan and, and higher ranks are probably, they probably hold you to a higher standard than maybe some of the other judo organizations that are around the world. And I don't mean that as a slight to any other judo organization. I'm just stating in terms, so this is not a secondary organization where they just hand out ranks pretty easily. And my feeling is, if you're happy with your judo club, and if you're happy with the uh, rank structure within that judo organization, I don't see what the big deal is. Unless you want to compete internationally or compete at other tournaments, I don't see what the big deal is uh, being a part of an organization that that may not be quote-unquote recognized by the IJF. And, you know, in the discussion of leg grabs with, uh, you know, with Christian's email earlier in the uh, earlier in the episode. Being a part of an organization like this, like the AAU, gives you the freedom to teach judo the way that it's meant to be taught. All all uh, 70 throws. I almost said 67, but but I covered this earlier last year. They they introduced a few more throws as part of the official Kodokan uh, judo syllabus but if you want to teach leg grabs under AAU judo and you want to be part of an association that recognizes those techniques as techniques that are legal and techniques that you need to know in order for promotion to to EQ or Shodan or ranks higher uh, above you know it's an organization that allows you to do it and that's an organization that says you know the heck with what the IJF is saying and to heck with their rules, we're going to teach judo the traditional way, the way it was meant to be taught. And on the other side of this, as a student, there's nothing stopping you from being a part of AAU judo and USA judo. You, you would have to pay two membership fees, obviously. And most likely, there may be a situation where you may be a certain rank under one organization and another rank in another organization. So you may you may have two different ranks. Like, you know, let's say you could be a Shodan under USA Judo, but a Nidan under the JBBA. And you you may have two different ranks from two different organizations that I don't think that's that's a big deal either. 
And given the fact that the promotion standards for the JBBA are very comparable to what I've seen from my state governing body under USA Judo. So if a person under the JBBA part of AEU Judo wanted to promote one of their students to Shodan, they could also, if they're part of USA Judo as well, they could probably uh, fill out the paperwork and, and start that process as well because given the standards are similar, they're probably going to get their showdown through USA Judo as well. But look, I don't want to get sidetracked on promotions and stuff. My, my overall point is, if you are unhappy about how the IJF is changing the rules and, and stripping away techniques that have been staples of Judo's history, you could find there are plenty of clubs out there, I am sure, that you could find, that you could practice at, that's going to allow those techniques. And I, look, if somebody came to my club, they wanted to practice lead grabs, I would not stop. Well, it's not really my club, but you know what I mean. I would not stop them. I would not say, hey, that's against the rules or anything like that. You practice judo the way that you want to practice judo. Really, very few people as a whole compete in tournaments where they get points toward a national ranking. There's, there's, yeah, there's a lot of kids that do that, and there are plenty of judo clubs for those type of uh, students, those type of competitors. But if you're just a recreational person and you don't want to be hamstrung by the IJF and their rules that trickle down to the national governing bodies, there's other options out there. Whether you want to pursue those options and whether you want to be a part of it, well, that's that's on you. All right. Well, I think I've blabbed on long enough, so. I think I'm going to end things here. It's a good stopping point for me. So with that, I hope you have a great day. I hope you have a great rest of the week. Train hard. Stay safe out there. And until next time, be after my trip. I'm out. Open Gangnam Style. Gangnam Style. Open Gangnam Style.